are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. He launched Work Sandy, an agency, and grew it to $5.5 million of revenue, launched again in 2017. But she was a 50-50 partner, and I wasn't always quite sure who was really driving the thing. What she was excited about was an internal toolless agency had built to manage freelancers. They hired an outsourced dev shop. They spent 800, 900 grand building it. We're actually selling it internally for a bit. And Ray said, you know, I want to spin this bad boy out. So she negotiated with her partner at the agency, spun it out. Tamara.com is now her company. She's running with two co-founders. And Tamara is also still on the cap table, but they're about to launch their pricing. And this is effectively the tool that has enabled them at the agency to have only 18 full-time employees, but still manage all of their freelancers in one spot, really high margins, uh, great profile there. She's launching now today, hoping to turn on pricing here in the next couple of months. We'll follow it closely. Hey, folks, my guest today is Ray Haynes. She's an industry veteran, worked as an agency operator, brand site leader, and freelancer herself. She's now building a tool called Tamara.co, which helps you solve operational challenges of managing freelancers. Ray, you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. All right. I, I am convinced that we are within five years of somebody taking a company public with a billion in revenue or at a billion valuation because they manage freelancers and part-time talent so well. Tell me what you're seeing in the market. Yeah. You know, I think that there's, first of all, there's a massive rise of freelance talent just across the board. My experience, as you mentioned, is squarely in the advertising space. Um, you know, you see every creative and marketer out there taking freelance roles, leaving the agency space um, and being hesitant to go brand side. Um, for a lot of reasons. And the freelance life just appeals to a lot of people. And I think that um, we're seeing that grow more and more. And there's so many freelance marketplaces out there. There's so many tools out there that manage piecemeal solutions um, of managing freelancers, managing the experience of being freelancers. But what we are trying to solve for is the experience of building true freelance teams. So, you know, as when the within the agency space, it takes a village. Um, and as brands are bringing in more and more marketing work in-house, they have to think about not only how do I find one good freelancer? Where am I going to find them? Is it somebody from my Rolodex that I worked with three years ago? Do I need to go digging on a freelance marketplace to find new talent? But when you're trying to build an entire team that's you know flexible, project-based, um, there's a lot of operational complexities around finding the talent in the first place, and then certainly managing those contracts and managing that team to success. Look like? if, I click, if I click book a demo on your site and you were on a demo and you show me your UI, like, are you going to basically like, do I post a job on Tamara and then you're aggregating from Fiverr and Upwork and freelancer.com and all the sites and you're showing me, you know, candidates to hire and manage in your platform? Like what's the software actually do? So what it's designed to do is to help brands manage their own pool of freelancers. Um, this is really built from the insight that every single creative director I've ever worked with has their own Rolodex of freelancers that they're literally calling up on a phone every time they have a new role saying, are you available? What's your schedule like? Can I book you in? And that's a really time consuming process. Um, and there's some brands, you know, that have made it maybe a little more down this, the line in terms of sophistication. But ultimately, most people I know are still operating in freelance spreadsheets. Yep. Who do they know? Who do they want to bring in? And this helps brands who are bringing on, say, five to even f- up to 50 freelancers at a time, um, bring the right people into the into the fold. And so what the actual UI looks like is that, to answer your question, <laughs> is 
is that they're uploading their own talent data. Um, we're sending invites to those folks to build their profiles. And then we're able to manage those contacts and relationships. And, you know, obviously keeping those profiles active is something that every talent marketplace um, struggles with. And I've got a lot of background on that. Um, but ultimately helping brands keep tabs on their favorite freelancers. And then, you know, if and when there's gaps to fill, we can help fill those roles through, we've got, you know, a growing list of talent network partnerships that they can tap into and post a role where those folks can then see, oh, I'm really interested in that. And they'll end up on a talent list within our system. Um, all the way down to partner recruiting efforts where we can help in find individually hard to find roles. And so, Ray, just to be clear too, you're just getting off the ground, right? Are you guys pre-revenue yeah, exactly. or are you market? We're pre-revenue. Yeah, we are. Um, we're, we just launched yesterday. We announced our company launch yesterday. Um, but how we... How long have you been working on it up till launch day yesterday? So um, we're spinning out of a former consultancy that I had started um, back in 2017. And there's um, a long history here of the technology that we built in-house within that consultancy to help um, to help ourselves. And then now what we're doing with Teamera is that we're taking that kind of core nugget of technology that we built and building it into a true self-serve tool set for brands to manage freelance teams themselves. I don't want to skip over that part of the story because some of the most successful SaaS companies, they do this exactly the same thing. They spin out of an agency. So tell me, brass tacks, how you actually did it. You know, a lot of people, they don't know what the cap table should look like of the spin out because you spent agency dollars to build the internal version. So who owns yeah. the code base? Your partners at the agency own part of the SaaS company. How do you deal with this? Yeah. And it was, you know, um, it was one coming from a point of, we have a, we had a successful consultancy business. It's um, generating solid revenue. Um, it's grown year over year. And yeah, more than four, five, six million in revenue. Uh, we did five million last year in revenue. Um, you know, pretty sizable, and we've got a small core team running the business. So yes. you know, felt really good about that. And like I said, we had start to build. We'd started to build some of this um, core technology for ourselves to help just make our jobs easier in managing freelance teams on behalf of our customers. Um, and we looked at ourselves you know, late last year and said, we've got two different business models in play here. You know, do we want to be a SaaS company or do we want to be a services company? And, you know, the kind of adage that <laughs> guided a lot of the decisions is like, if Ray, you I have, have to point this out there real quick, because people listening won't know this. I just, I mean, I'm on work, Sandy, that's the agency yeah. names in profile. There's 18 full-time employees listed. The fact that you guys have 5.5 million in revenue with 18 full-time tells me you have a well-oiled freelancer machine running that are not listed as full-time talent on LinkedIn. So it's very effective. I mean, imagine your margins are much yeah. higher than other agencies because you know how to use freelancers. I mean, it's a successful model. And the goal of that business is to help brands build their in-house capability, their in-house marketing capabilities. So it's one part strategic consulting, it's one part recruiting, um, and it's one part freelance team management on behalf of those customers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's very impressive. Okay, so did you have a partner? Like, were you 100% owner of WorkSandy? No. So um, I had a co-founder at WorkSandy. We had started the business together in 2017. And as I was saying, we got to the end of last year and looked at ourselves and said, We've got two different business models in play. Um, we've got a successful business here, but we know that there's an opportunity to grow the SaaS side of the business. And I've always been really interested in scalable technology. Like, you know, I've been in the Bay Area for 13 years. You don't spend that much time there without trying something yourself. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, we made the decision that I was going to take the tech side um, and spin that out. And he, um, the trade-off is that for the IP, Sandy and my co-founder have a little bit of equity on the cap table with Teamera. Oh, and, you know, and in exchange, I left the cap table of Sandy um, with a little bit of an exit clause that if that business ever gets acquired or sold, then I get to see a little piece of that pie. But 
So you, ultimately, you basically your concentration of equity on the spin out. They got yeah. a little more equity in the agency because of that. And they still, have a, but you both each still have a little upside in each other's venture, the studio and the agent exactly. and the SaaS tool. Yeah, exactly. It felt really across the board fair, felt like it acknowledges who's running the day-to-day business of each of those companies. Um, you, know, you own a majority of Tamara today. You own more than 60%. No, I don't. I have two other co-founders, two other primary co-founders with Timera, okay. um, both of which came over from Mark Sandy. Um, and I am, I'm the CEO primary shareholder. And then, um, like I said, I've got two other co-founders who, um, have a significant chunk on the cap table. And then we've the got the, the, you're the largest individual shareholder on Timera's cap table today. Correct. Correct. So it's very yeah. clear who's leading it. Now, I think that's was exactly that part of the negotiation? Like, I imagine you took the most talented people from the agency and I imagine your partners at the agency said, wait, don't take these other two people. Like we need them. I mean, was that part of the negotiation? You know, it was really about who on our team had been focused on the tech side. I think that as, as Sandy evolved over a handful of years, like it was really clear that there was folks who were running um, the consulting side of the work, working with clients hands-on, um, really guiding client priorities, which was really important. And then a team that of us that was really more behind the scenes building tools to help that team. So it actually felt like a pretty clean and logical um, division of, of the team at that point. But I do know, personally speaking, this is kind of like a bit that may the other early founders may find helpful is like, I was a 50-50 um, owner in Sandy. And sometimes that created confusion, honestly, about like, who's doing what and who's the most vested, who has the most vested interest here. And I think that um, for me going into Timera, I needed to know... Uh, can, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's my fault if we screw up, <laughs> you know, um, you and that responsibility is on my shoulders. Yeah. 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 That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Was there any cash transaction here? Did the agency put 200K into Tamara to get it going? No. So the agency had spent, um, you know, uh, along the way, we had had a part-time development team building, building our tool set that the agency was using, like I said, behind the scenes. Um, but we ultimately looked at that as part of the IP transfer deal. How much was that though? We're talking like 10 grand, a hundred grand, a million from the, you talking know, a lot. Yeah. I mean like just shy of a million, just shy of a million. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you could argue the agency sort of funded the, the, the MVP of which that's why the agency is now has a little chunk of equity on Tamara's cap table. Yeah. And to be, and to be fair, you know, we were making some revenue from that technology within the agency. So, you know, we consider ourselves text-enabled services. We're charging a subscription fee to our customers, um, you know, and so it wasn't all a sunk cost. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this makes tons of sense. Uh, this is great. So how long did that whole negotiation take, by the way? Was that easy and clean or took months and months and months? Um, you know, it's been about three months. It's June now. Um, so it's been about three months end-to-end, um, kind of from making the decision that we were going to fully spin out um, to negotiating the terms and, um, getting it done. So yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right. What's the plan to start driving customers? I see when I click book a demo on your site, you say first core opens July 1st. Yes. Yes. Well, um, there's two, there's a couple things that are happening. Obviously we just announced our launch yesterday. So this is really where like rubber meets the road. Um, truly, and this is about kind of fundamental bootstraps. Like I think it's really up to us to find our first handful of customers because the type of customers that we were servicing in our past agency were enterprise scale customers. They needed a consultancy to help, you know, drive some amount of strategy of their in-housing um, path. And with this new venture, we're looking at customers who are willing and able to kind of self-serve their way into building an in-house team. And so I look, think that that's going to look like 
the smaller end of mid-sized brands. Um, So it's just a new, there's just some new focus on finding our new customer base, right? And understanding truly what what they need and what they react to. But the first two pieces that we'll be launching over the course of the next few weeks are our guide to in-housing. So, you know, it's a couple of lead magnets, right? Is functionally what we're talking about, where we're launching a guide to in-housing that will help brands understand the path of identifying which roles to bring in-house from traditional agencies, um, where it makes sense to hire flexible support versus full-time support, um, and some operational knowledge and know-how that we've built along the way doing this for several brands um, in our past lives all with the intention of helping people understand like there's a lot of value in the technology that we've created to help check those boxes faster. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and beyond that, we're also building out, it's a little bit more sophisticated, but it's a in-housing calculator. So if you think about the average ad agency markup, like a healthy ad agency is running a 3X markup, which like hardly anybody's getting away with these days, but any agency that's still in business is running at least a 50% markup on ours. And so mm-hmm. if you think about that, even if you've got a team of, 10 people over the course of the year, that's a significant chunk of change that companies could be saving and reinvesting in more strategic ways. And so that's what um, we can help them. We can help them identify that cost and we can help them justify what kind of cost savings we're going to be able to provide for them with these self-serve tools. Yep. Yep. That all makes loads of sense. Well, I'm excited to watch uh, how it does over the next couple of months. I'll be watching closely. Hope to have you back on in a year and get an update. But yeah, in the meantime, I would love that. So let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite book? I read a lot. And so I don't know if I have a favorite. Um, I just finished Stolen Focus, which okay. is, um, which is a fascinating read. So I would put that just on my most, my most recent read list. Number two, is there a CEO or founder you're studying? Um, again, like I've, I look up to a lot of different role models. Um, I think Melanie Perkins at Canva is an amazing female founder. Like really love following her story. Um, I also use Canva religiously, <laughs> um, which might answer your next question. Yes. So is it Canva? Favorite tool? I love Canva. Yeah. I'm a really um, visual communicator. And so I found it really easy to use and really helpful in um, communicating to our team about, you know, everything from marketing to product. That's great. And how many hours of sleep do you get every night? I'm a big sleeper. Eight, a solid eight. I love that. All right. Um, and situation, married, single kids? I'm married, married, no kids. Um, small dog. Small dog. Fair enough. And can I ask how old you are, Ray? I'm 36. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. 20 feels like so, such a baby. <laughs> um, I would just say chill out, you know, like I've always been a real type A driver. And I think that um, I, yeah, I, I could probably have enjoyed my 20s a little bit more than I actually did. Um, so looking back, I would say have a little bit more fun, chill out, loosen up. <laughs> Folks, you met Ray today. She launched Work Sandy, an agency, and grew it to $5.5 million of revenue, launched again in 2017. But she was a 50 50 partner, and I wasn't always quite sure who was really driving the thing. What she was excited about was an internal tool this agency had built to manage freelancers. They hired an outsourced dev shop. They spent 800, 900 grand building it. We're actually selling it internally for a bit. And Ray said, you know, I want to spin this bad boy out. So she negotiated with her partner at the agency, spun it out. Tamara.com is now her company. She's running with two co-founders. And Tamara is also still on the cap table, but they're about to launch their pricing. And this is effectively the tool that has enabled them at the agency to have only 18 full-time employees, but still manage all of their freelancers in one spot. Really high margins, uh, great profile there. She's launching now today, hoping to turn on pricing here in the next couple of months. We'll follow it closely. Ray, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks so much for having me. Take care.